don't know how to podcast. Um, howdy, it's me. You gotta redo it. Hello and welcome to Demigod Debut. I am Mallory, lifelong Percy Jackson fan and number one Annabeth Chase defender. And I'm Julie, Percy Jackson, I'm gonna say under the shirt touching veteran. I think that's where we're at right now. Right now. We're over halfway through, I think. I think I can say that now. I should have known that that's what it was going to be. <laughs> but here we are. Um, and this is a podcast where we are talking through Julie's first time reading The Lightning Thief. All right. So we read chapters 13 through 15. And how'd, how'd you feel? I love me an action scene. Um, also love that. Some of it was really short because I forgot to finish reading it on my lunch break. So I was actually reading it when I was supposed to be doing actual work at my job. And so I was like, this is helpful that it's not very long. And I can get it. We have a new boss at work. So I had to look like I was working. So it helped. Well, these were shorter. It actually helps me look very busy at work sometimes because I will stand because I've got like a standing desk in my classroom and I will stand there and I will just like frantically type things Mm -hmm. into my little google doc and whenever people walk by and like look in the door it looks like i'm working really hard and i am just not on planning lessons and you know what it is what it is okay i need to get it on like kindle so i can read it on my computer yes and so it looks like i'm actually like doing my job well you know what i can probably I have a Kindle. I can probably just get it from the library, like the ebook from the library or something. Oh yeah, but they don't usually let you keep the ebook for that long, do they? That you had like two weeks. Well, when I looked on like like Brooklyn's public library, they had like seven copies. That would make sense. You know, there was one point in my teaching career where I had more copies than that out in circulation of this book. Oh my god, did you? Um, yeah, no, our library only had like one copy of the series and it was like checked out a lot of the time, especially because I make it a, a habit to tell my students every year, um, like, oh, if you want to be my favorite student, you have to read Percy Jackson. And so <laughs> it was like a thing that a kid would ask me. They were like, do you have the first one? And then I would like put it on their little desk in the morning and with a little sticky note that's like, I'm so excited for you to become my favorite student, winky face. Oh, this is cute. Um, you know, it was it was cute. Um, But yeah, at one point I did have, I think, eight copies in circulation but oh my god I didn't I I think I bought maybe two um and then I stole the rest of them from the lost and found in the school building because I mean I like asked I was like can I have these and they were like yeah sure so so then I had a bunch of copies of lightning thief that I was just like peddling to children in Brooklyn so (laughs) doing the lord's work truly truly okay well We've stalled long enough because it's been a minute here. Um, okay, so chapter 13, I plunged to my death. I, oh, you predicted they were going to fall into the underworld. Yeah. Was this better or worse than what you predicted? Like, uh, One, you're stuck in St. Louis. Kind of sucks. Like, I think that's worse than the underworld, honestly. Yeah, I mean, Missouri. Who wants to be in Missouri? 
I've been to Missouri. Have you really? Yeah. Why? We went to Kansas City. Did you see a Chiefs game? No. No, we saw a Royals game, though. Because, you know, we're a baseball family. But Yes. But we, this was like peak my brother's Percy Jackson era. And so my parents were like, do we drive to St. Louis so that they can see the arch? And we didn't end up doing it because it's like the other side of the state. But we did consider... Driving to St. Louis from Kansas City to see the arch because of Percy Jackson. Almost went to the arch, but didn't, basically, is the point of that story. Anyway, so let's let's talk about some people who actually did go to St. Louis. Um, they spend two days on the train, and they aren't attacked, which, as we said last week, is because trains are the ultimate form of travel. <laughs> and also probably because those Amtrak cops were keeping them safe. A cab, except for the Amtrak police. A cab, A cab, E tap. I've actually never seen an Amtrak policeman. Percy is kind of trying to lay low. He said there's a picture that like a tourist took, um, where he's got this crazy look in his eyes, and his sword is kind of just a blur, like it could be a baseball bat or a lacrosse stick. And this article also comes with the information that Gabe has offered a cash reward for his capture. First of all. Can I just say something? We don't know that he's done anything. Like, the people don't know that he's necessarily done anything. And they're like, he's a missing person still. He's a person of interest. But, like, capture, that feels like a very strong word for essentially a 12-year-old boy. True. True. And I've actually seen people, like, reference this as, like, Percy is written as a white boy. But I've seen people, like, reference this and the way that he's treated as, like, arguments for, like, oh, Percy is actually a person of color. Like, he's written this way and, like, the way that he's treated by the media and stuff by this book. Like, uh-huh. you can read him as... That's like, interesting. Yeah, I think I think it's interesting. And I think, um, like, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's, it's fun to hear people's interpretations and the things. And I, I do enjoy that particular interpretation. I think it's interesting and adds... Adds, adds a different layer to it. Um, so Annabeth says mortal police can never find them. She's correct. Um, because all the cops in the country are too busy taking up the space on the subway platform in New York. Literally the <laughs> other day. The other day. I was just trying to go down the stairs to get to the downtown train. And there were like six cops. There were six cops standing there blocking the stairs. And I had to say excuse me like three times. And I was like. And then they like look at me like I'm the inconvenience. And I was like. God, they don't do anything anyway. I don't think I, I've never seen a New York City subway cop doing anything except for... Brutalizing someone who jumped a turnstile. Harassing someone who's like sleeping on the floor in the subway station. Or giving someone a ticket because they jumped the turnstile. I'm like, they give white people tickets. They will drag you off the train if you are not white. It's three dollars cops don't even pay for the subway themselves like fuck off it's three dollars you're brutalizing someone for three dollars we're we're really doing a lot meanwhile they're closing the public libraries on the weekends anyway back on the train um percy is kind of spending his time pacing up and down and like looking out the window he sees a family of centaurs and a lion that is quote the size of a hummer and are hummers still a thing I, you never see him around anymore. Because uh, you know why? Because all the douchebags who would drive Hummers now drive Teslas. Uh, so true. 
So true. That's what it is. Okay, so it's a, it's a lion the size of a Tesla. A cyber truck. <laughs> a lion the size of a cyber truck. And I know I spent all of last episode ranting about how like, oh, they're like they couldn't get they they wouldn't have enough money to get all the way to LA with like their train yeah or like they wouldn't have enough money to buy a ticket to get all the way to LA and I did in fact remember that they only got to Denver but I like didn't want to spoil that but I I also just like still don't think that they could have gotten all the way to Denver two days that's a two-day trip yeah that's a two-day trip that's a two-day trip and when I looked it up the trip from like New York to LA was like a thousand dollars and i just i i don't believe it yeah so they are just kind of in their seats sleeping and percy says he's trying not to drool in his sleep because annabeth is right next to him like buddy that ship has sailed like that was the first thing she said to you was that you drool in your sleep like she already knows yeah and she's still on this quest with you like you can't play it cool at this point but percy can't really sleep because grover's snoring and annabeth asks who wants your help? Because apparently he's been talking about this dream in his sleep. And um, he tells her that this dream he's been having with like the voice in the pit. And Annabeth says she doesn't think it's Hades because he always appears on a black throne and never laughs. And she also finds it odd that he would bring ask Percy to bring the Master Bolt if he already has it. And Percy thinks about the Furies on the bus and how they kept asking him where is it and annabeth tells him he can't barter with hades even if the kindly ones were not as aggressive as last time and of course she doesn't give percy a straight answer when he asks about last time and all she says is let's just say i have no love for the lord of the dead while touching the bead on her necklace with the pine tree the pine tree so was annabeth on the like quest well she this is her first quest is that right or her second quest so this is her first quest. Okay. So she wasn't on the quest where Grover failed and then the Thalia turned into a, a... Is she the one that turned into a pine tree? Thalia turned into a pine tree? Yeah. Okay. So it wasn't it wasn't a quest where Thalia turned into a pine tree. It was just her trying to get to camp. Kind of same way like Percy had to fight the Minotaur to get to camp. Yeah. Oh, uh, So okay. that, that was... Okay. So after Annabeth tells Percy he can't barter, Percy asks what she would do if it was her dad, and Annabeth said she'd leave him to rot because her dad has resented her since the day she was born and asked Athena to take her back after she was carried down from Olympus by Zephyr the West Wind. She says when she was five, he got remarried and they had other kids and tried to pretend she didn't exist. And I feel like Percy is very much approaching, like, everything Annabeth is telling him from his own, like, my mother is the best person in the world viewpoint, um, because he really cannot imagine that somebody's parent wouldn't care about them the way that his mom does. And he tells her about the way that um, Grover told him that his mom had married Gabe to protect him from monsters. And Annabeth is like, well, that's not what's happening here, because my dad doesn't care about me and my stepmom always treated me like a freak and wouldn't let me play with her kids until mm-hmm. she got the hint that she wasn't wa- wanted and left when she was seven and i said it like three chapters ago when we were talking about the ring on her necklace but this is the the first time that we actually kind of get confirmation because percy's like oh the ring must be her dad's so this is like the second or third time i've done this where i've like been like ah yes here's this detail that i have information on and then i like talk about it and then 
it turns out that they didn't actually give us the information about that detail, and I was just over-eager, so. Not that that means anything, but, you know. Not, not that this is a spoiler that matters, but I feel like I'm going to continue to do this as we That's alright. I have two things about this. One, I called that her dad was a dirtbag from the beginning because he works at West Point. Obvious. Huge clue right there. Two, I am so Percy in this situation because every time I see like these memes and like girls when she figures out she's just like her father or something and it's all these girls don't have good relationships with the three F's, food, father, something else. And I'm like, I like I've had my problems with my parents, but I love my parents very much. We are very affectionate, like loving, like family like unit like we always say I love you we always hug like every single day and so when I hear about other people's situations with their parents like I'm like I cannot relate to this at all like again I fought with my parents all the time I do not agree with them on everything but I'm just like wow you guys really grew up in some fucked up homes (laughs) like you're like sucks for you but I'm different but I grew up with I mean not that like that prevented me from having my own problems like growing up in a loving household but i'm just like jesus christ hug your mother for crying out loud. <laughs> bottom po- bottom line life is too short to not hug your mom i'm sorry like go hug your mom unless your mom sucks then maybe don't do that but if you have an okay relationship with your mom just go give her a hug i'm sure she'll love it <laughs> my mom would be like what do you want you you guys are not huggers that was like the worst part about living with you guys I just wanted hugs all the time and you guys were not I know you had to always, you had to always be like, like can I have a hug I need this but see the thing with the thing with me though is that I like really do want hugs I just like don't ask for them and I like I'm not gonna ever be the one to like give you a hug I'm just gonna do that when I see you next I'm just I'm just gonna hug you all the time I love hugs well, okay. I have I have so many thoughts on the dynamics of the Chase family, a lot of which I cannot even say right now um because of spoilery things. But um also I I went to brunch with a friend um yesterday and I was like talking about what we were going to cover this week and I was like, "Oh, I just have so many thoughts about this." And she goes, "You have a lot of thoughts about Annabeth Chase?" And I was like, "I know, but hey, I am who I am and I will not apologize for it. Um, Exactly. Anyway, point being, if I ever see Frederick Chase, it is on site. It is on site. Like, that man and I, we have beef. But also, I'm like, yeah, okay. I do recognize that, like, children are hard to raise. And, like, if I kind of, like, knew this goddess and all of a sudden, like, the West Wing wind is West Wing. That's a show. I love that show. All of a sudden, the West Wind is, like, bringing me a kid. Like, I don't think... I wouldn't be prepared for that either. I would be like, okay, no, like, you gotta take this kid back. But also, like, I wouldn't treat a kid like... Like, if I was well and truly stuck with a child, like, I would not treat that child like garbage. Like, I would not make that child... I'd probably give it up for adoption. Right, and I would not make that child feel so unwanted and unloved that, like, they run away at the age of seven, like... Ugh. Yeah, there's like there's there's a serious the baby. There's a serious amount of like neglect happening here that I'm like not okay with. Again, military father to be expected. He works at West Point. That's the that's that's the red flag. I will never be a Frederick Chase apologist. That's all. So Annabeth says Athena guided her to some friends who helped her get to camp. 
and then they just like stop talking about it for the drama and suspense of it all but you know you can kind of start putting the pieces together Mm -hmm. also like I have to say these are the first chapters where the pacing has kind of bugged me and I don't know if it's because this is the first time that I've spent more than like two days reading this book because you usually you just like cruise right on through yeah but it's like it's like the okay we're having this conversation again like we already kind of had a conversation about her father when we were at camp and like now we're having this other one and like she's still not giving us all the information and like I know that's how like talking to people works but it's also I'm like how many times are we going to do this? I also just, like, want you to know things. Um, it's going to move on already. And so I'm kind of like, ugh, all these details. Yeah. Anyway, um, so they see the, the arch from the train, and Annabeth says she wants to do that, build the greatest monument to the gods ever, something that will last a thousand years. And Percy kind of laughs at her, like, architect dreams, which is rude. And Annabeth says, yeah, Athena expects her children to build things, not just tear them down like a certain god of earthquakes. Then Annabeth is the one who apologizes and says that, like, she was being mean when, honestly, Percy was worse. No, I think we should make fun of architects. What is, who does she think she is? George Costanza? Come on. That's a Seinfeld joke. But also, watch what you say about Annabeth being an architect, because I am the number one Annabeth Chase defender, and, like, she's never done anything wrong. Listen, she's all right to have dreams, but also, like, being inspired by the the arch is lame. Let's be honest. That thing is not that cool. Uh-huh. And we'll we'll get into some of the uncool stuff of the arch. So get get inspired by New York architecture. It's way better. Unless you're talking about the Oculus, that thing is an eyesore. No, the Oculus looks like a giant fish skeleton, and I hate it. Yeah. No. Yes. I hate the Oculus. It looks dumb and it's right by the 9-11 memorial. It's like it kind of takes away from the gravitas. And 9-11 mention right there. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so Percy asks if their parents ever worked together, and Annabeth says when Athena made the chariot and Poseidon created horses, um, they had to cooperate, and Percy asks if that means that they can cooperate too, and Annabeth says, I suppose. Aww. Young love. The besties are bestieing, and I'm here for it. Yeah, so they, lucky for Annabeth, have a three-hour layover in St. Louis, so they get to go see the arch. And they go to the museum underneath where Annabeth, like, bombards them with fun facts. And Percy says, isn't that thrilling? But Grover keeps passing him jelly beans, so he's okay. And, yeah, this just kind of, like, made me giggle. Like, Grover's having to occupy him like he's a toddler or, like, a dog. Yeah. Also, another way that the arch sucks. This museum, like, in the bottom of the arch is all about manifest destiny. Boo! Yeah, and the arch is like, oh, it's the gateway to the West. Uh, and it's like it's it, it's like a monument to manifest destiny, and I mm, that doesn't that doesn't feel doesn't great. age well. It doesn't. M- maybe we can read it as we're making some sort of commentary on Western civilization. If you look at this as like a hey, the gods kind of suck. Maybe this like thing that they're so tied to also is flawed and sucks. Um, but you know, so. Percy feels like something is wrong at the arch and asks Grover if he smells any monsters. And Grover says, underground always smells like monsters, so he can't be sure. And Percy asks about, he's like, hey, Hades has a hat that can make him invisible, right? And they're like, yeah, it can literally make him darkness. And Percy wonders, how do we know he's not watching us right now? And Grover says, we don't. And on that lovely note, they go up to the top 
of the arch in a tiny elevator car with a woman and a chihuahua. And again, 2005, don't love the way that Percy describes this woman. It's a little fat phobic. Yeah. But 2005. Um, so they get to the top and Annabeth like continues to just bombard them with fun facts. Um, she's very much me in this situation. I love a fun fact. This was me when I was in Greece, when I was like, hey, this is just like Percy Jackson. This is like Percy Jackson. You remember this Percy Jackson? And like <laughs> she and I, she and I are the same. Speaking of how Annabeth and I are the same, um, so you know how I was doing that like live dating show? Yes. OMG, how did it go? Okay, yes. So for for context, I did this like live dating show where I was like one of the three contestants that like this person was having to choose between to like go on a live on stage date. And so I did in fact end up winning. I did in fact go on a live on stage date with this girl. Um, there will not be a second not live date. Um, because like we we exchanged numbers, but I was kind of like Ooh. not necessarily feeling it. I really thought that she was gonna pick this other girl because I thought that they just had way more in common. Um, but mm-hmm. you know, she didn't. And you're a catch, Mal. I I am a catch. I am a catch. But I also like I wasn't like the things that the answers that like she was giving. I wasn't loving I wasn't like super into mm-hmm. it I was just there to have a good time and also like entertain all my friends who were sitting in the front row because like there were yeah like six of my friends just sitting there in the front row um but anyway the the point of the, the point of the story is um they asked uh like one, one of the questions we had to answer was what tv show character do you think you're most like and so I like started giggling and I could see like the front row kind of start giggling and I was like oh the entire front row knows what I'm about to say right now and so the like Mm -hmm. MC who is friends with my roommate like gives the mic to Leora my roommate and it's and Leora's like um I have $200 on Annabeth Chase and so then I got to talk about Percy Jackson so question number two beautiful I did bring up Percy Jackson of course just because of who I am as a person and but I don't know I also think as I've gotten older I do become more Percy in some ways but that's that's a separate thing yeah so I brought up Percy Jackson in the second question of this game and I still got the date so boom boom but she did say as soon as I said it she was like oh I've never read it or seen it I was like red flag Wait, I haven't seen it. Is that a red flag for me? Yes, but you're you're doing something about it. You're reading the lightning thief. Yeah, okay. You also you have a Percy Jackson podcast. Like you're doing more than a lot of people. Yeah. I have I have a Oh god, I have a Percy Jackson. Sure do. Where even were we? Uh he's describing the woman, very fat phobic. Oh. Chihuahua equals demon. Yes. Describing the woman. In a very fat phobic way, um, then they have to leave because it's closing and there isn't room in the elevator. So Percy stays behind with like the woman and the chihuahua and several other people. And the Percy like realizes that this woman has a forked tongue like a snake. And she calls the chihuahua her son. And when Percy asks, asks about it, she's like, no, no, it's a chimera. And the chimera starts growing until it's tall enough to be touching the roof and has the head of a lion, the body and hooves of a goat, and a serpent for a tail. What a yes. what a delightful creature. Um, and so you, you had an echidna question. 
Oh yeah, I didn't. What the hell is that? That was my question. <laughs> a great, a great question. So Echidna is the mother of monsters. Um, I mean, she she says this in the book, like right right before Percy asks, "Isn't that a kind of ant eater?" And then she tells him he has to die for that comment. But you know, um, so she she is like a mythological person, and she is this like half woman, half snake creature who is isn't that just a regular woman sorry i had to i had to so in mythology it's kind of unclear where echidna came from like who her parents are um but she is said in mythology to be like the mate of typhon who is this monster who also has snakes for legs um because one thing about the greeks they love to number one combine creatures and number two there's always snakes like medusa has snakes typhon has snakes echidna has snakes like there's just there's a lot of snakes snakes are just badass there's a lot of snakes yeah snakes snakes are cool as hell um wait did you say snakes for legs yeah how do you walk on snakes they're like so it's a, it's a great question you know. it's a great question also in there's at least one reference to echidna having like the the body of a snake that like ends in a head so i really don't know how that works Ew. like she's got a woman top and then like a second snake head i don't know. had to give her boobies <laughs> <laughs> yes um yeah but so echidna and typhon are said to be like the parents of a lot of the monsters um in greek mythology like some of which you might have heard of i was trying to pull examples um like cerberus the three-headed dog from the underworld yes and uh, like Scylla from the Odyssey, the Sphinx, the Hydra, and like the Chimera that, you know, we see her say mm -hmm. is her child. Yeah. And so you, you also asked about Tartarus in your notes. I don't know when you want to get to that. I still have no, I don't know what that is. So yeah, like, I'm, I assume again, that was the in... mythology backbone is not there. Yeah. Well, it it also like wasn't there for me the first time. And I think that's why I was so shook by so many things that happened because I was like what what are they referencing and then I learned like oh we are like play-by-play -play doing the myths um oh okay yeah like I don't know I can think I can think of just a lot of things where I'm like oh that's like one of the labors of Hercules or like all these things it's, it's kind of cool yeah so I guess in in reference to the like dog tag I guess that the chimera was wearing uh -huh. being like it found dial Tartarus so Tartarus is kind of interesting because it's both like a deity and a place like Tartarus is kind of one of the primordial deities kind of thought to be there when like the world was created and just kind of there there's like several um primordial deities you've got like Nyx who's the goddess of the night and you've got uh like Gaia who's like the earth and Tartarus is kind of like the underworld mm -hmm. um but mostly when they mention it in this series they're referencing like it as a place and it's kind of like super hell in the underworld um so it's where like the titans are imprisoned after they were overthrown by the gods and like basically the olympians just put anyone there who like is a threat to them and that's okay. kind of like their prison so it's just kind of super hell so like they said in the first um chapter like when zeus overthrew his through his father and like cut him into pieces he cast him into tartarus and so that's kind of where all the fun the the real fun people hang out um and yeah, kind of from what I can gather, Rick Riordan took some liberties in 
like making his the rules of the underworld in these books like very neat and tidy which makes sense given like kids books but i'm a little unclear on who would be picking up the phone mm-hmm. if you like actually called the extension on that dog tag because i like i just can't think who would be picking up that phone but that's that's a separate point based on what i know about tartarus in kind of this universe anyway back to our fight scene so the chimera kind of charges and percy's like i have to keep the monster away from this like mortal family who's also still up here and the the chimera breathes fire and it burns a hole in the side of the arch and percy tries to like slash at it with his sword but it like bounces off and flies out the hole and just not going well and Percy also forgets about the snake tail and it like bites him in the calf and oh no, he's been poisoned and he doesn't know if his sword's going to return to his pocket or if it like fell too far or even if he's going to live that long. And Echidna's like, man, they just really don't make heroes the way that they used to. And she says, why don't you jump and like prove that you're a son of Poseidon? And Percy's like, "Uh, no, I would die. And Echidna's like, "Mm, you have no faith. Can't really blame you. God suck. And Percy thinks about how he's so sure that his dad came to visit him as a baby and he jumps out of the arch into the river. Here's a piece of lore that I am very excited to share with you. So for years, the fans of Percy Jackson have been speculating how young Mr. Jackson made this jump because the arch is actually hundreds of feet from the Mississippi River. (laughs) There is also like a road that runs in between. Like, It would not be physically possible for him to jump out with enough force to, like, make it into the river. Um, Yeah. And when asked about it, the author was just kind of like, I don't know, I thought it was closer. I thought the arch, like, went over the river. (laughs) I love it. How did that get past the editor? I don't know. I mean, is anybody anybody editing this? Like, ah, this isn't physically possible because the arch is too far away. Like, there's a lot of ridiculous things. There's a lot of ridiculous things happening in this book that you just kind of have to... Yeah, there's 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 several things that I have looked at and been like, how did this get past an editor? Also, I think Rick Riordan should hire me as the editor because I remember stupid little details and I love a stupid little detail. So true. There's also like... But yes, um, not really physically possible to jump into the Mississippi River from the arch, but... They're just going to move it closer, right? They just fudge the numbers a little bit. It's a book about the children of gods. I don't really think we're looking at it for realism. You're like, this is <laughs> where you can't suspend your disbelief. Like, Pick your times. Yeah. I also, because I've, I've been trying to make all the monsters and stuff we meet, like, figure out an argument as to how they're queer coded. And I did have a really hard time with this one. The best I could come up with was that. Chihuahua, all chihuahuas are gay. Easy. <laughs> It's a little known fact. All chihuahuas are gay. But also I was thinking about um, how I do know quite a few gay people who like have a pet that they treat like their child. And I don't know if it really counts because the chimera actually is like a kidness child. But I'm like, yeah. So that it took us like seven years to get through chapter 13. But you got to have two more chapters. I have so much to do tonight. We got to we got to. We, we gotta pick it up we gotta pick yeah. it up um well 14 is short i wrote like literally yeah, two paragraphs yeah. so I, I just want to talk about mcbarge yeah and that's, that's all i want to talk about that's when we'll get into your mcbarge okay so we we talked for a long time on that one um nothing else to add on 13 no no great perfect um so chapter 14 i become a known fugitive so this is a really short chapter so i don't have much but percy 
gets makes it into the river and his first realization he isn't dead and he doesn't feel poisoned anymore second realization he isn't wet and he grabs some trash and a lighter and sets a little fire underwater to test this you know i love to play with fire so this i felt yeah. really seen by this because i also would be setting a fire underwater um throwback to every time you have had to take a candle from me at a restaurant yeah. because i would not stop playing with it <laughs> the last thing he realizes is that he can breathe normally underwater and he also imagines his mom tells him like percy what do you say and so he's like thanks dad um, and Percy kind of has a sad boy moment where he's like, I didn't have a chance against that monster. I couldn't protect those people. Like, maybe I should stay down here at the bottom of the river forever with these catfish. Um, and then he hears the woman's voice again telling him, take his sword. Your father believes in you. And this, like, spirit appears to him and he's like, Mom? But she says she's just a messenger and tells him to go to the beach in Santa Monica. And she tells him not to trust the gifts. Um, that's kind of the important stuff there but we're gonna get to the important stuff to you percy comes back to the surface next to a floating mcdonald's what do you know about the mcbarge okay so this was i believe it was the second ever floating mcdonald's it was created um as part of like the 1987 like world world fair in uh vancouver british columbia i believe first of all it fucking closed in 2000. So it's not even open at the time this book is written. It's been closed. It was abandoned. Also, I think Okay, it's- but also you have to remember that this book was written by a man who doesn't even know how far the arch is from the river. True, but you can't look up if the McBarge is still open. Also, it was like really ugly looking. It's very like brutalist kind of. I'm probably not using that term correctly, but I watched this YouTube video about and it was like abandoned because it wasn't making enough money. And now it's just like this floating thing. <laughs> and it's very like 80s, like the like, you know, how everything in the 80s kind of like looked funky. Like, like if you're ima- imagine like, of course, like the stereotypical like Starcourt Mall from Stranger Things, like that aesthetic, but at a large. Yes. But yeah, it closed in 2000, so there's no more floating McDonald's. Well, it is what it is. Um. Anyway, I love McBards. This book actually takes place in a in an, on an alternate Earth where the arch is right on the river, and also the McBarge didn't close in 2000. <laughs> Business is booming. It's booming. Also, that sounds like a fun thing to do, though. Have a McDonald's. Like, any restaurant on the water sounds like it's going to be fun. But a McDonald's would be great. Yeah, like I, yeah. I can't believe that that wouldn't do well. Like for thirteen, I think it was only like thirteen years it was open. Uh, yeah, I can't believe that wouldn't be doing well. Tragic. So when Percy walks up next to the closed, abandoned, deserted for years, abandoned McDonald's, uh, he walks up on a news broadcast talking about an adolescent boy going wild on the observation deck and setting off an explosion. Grover runs up and hugs him, and Annabeth looks like she's trying to be mad, but mostly looks relieved. And Percy fills them in on what happened as they hear another reporter saying that the suspect at the arch might be Percy Jackson, wanted for a New Jersey bus accident. And so they get back on the train and head to Denver. And that's that's all I have for that chapter. So any thoughts on, like, I don't know, Percy's newfound powers or... Not really. I'm very interested in, like, that the messenger took the form of his mother to give him a trusted message. I presume from his dad. Like, that's who sent the message. I kind of want Poseidon to be, like, this lovesick fool who's, like, really sad that his, like, that, like, Percy's mom, like, Sally Jackson was the love of his life. But I don't think that's true. 
but I kind of want it. To, I want him to be like down bad for Sally Jackson. Chapter 15, a god buys us cheeseburgers. So Percy is sure to specify they have seven days left till the solstice. He said eight before, but I didn't mention it. Um, Yeah, he's doing a very good job keeping this deadline fresh and like, because I, I don't know what day it is. So they're hungry, haven't showered, but Annabeth's like, we need to contact Chiron. So they head to a car wash, they get out the spray gun, and Grover tells him they are IMing, which is not instant messaging, but iris messaging, because the rainbow goddess Iris, iris carries messages for the gods, and if you ask right, she'll do it for Half-Bloods too. And I know this is something that this man must have been so proud <laughs> to come up with, because it's just like silly goofy it's so 2005 so 2005 i am we're i am iris messaging um but also like it's kind of cool so they make a rainbow it's also kind of gay because they make a rainbow um they throw in a drachma and ask for half blood hill and they get an image that's like the porch of the big house and luke is standing there and annabeth of course is like frantically trying to fix her hair and like make herself look like girl it's over she's not on a a quest sister zoned (laughs) yeah sure are Sure are. And Luke's like, oh, Chiron's not here. I had to take care of some issues with the campers. And so a car pulls up blaring music and Annabeth is like, I have to go. And she drags Grover with her. And Percy is talking to Luke alone. Luke says things are tense at camp and that the like feud between Zeus and Poseidon leaked. And so um, people are taking sides. And a lot of the cabins that start with A are on Team Poseidon, Ares, Aphrodite, Apollo. But then the other cabin that starts with A, Athena, is backing Zeus. And I'm like why do they all start with a not that that really matters but it was just because i was like oh all the ones that start with a are backing beside it that's kind of cool and then i was like oh but then athena oh dang it didn't work destroyed um percy tells luke about their quest and luke says it has to be hades who took the bolt since he was there on olympus for the winter solstice when the campers were also there for their field trip luke says that hades has this helm so it has to be him because only somebody invisible could sneak in and steal the bolt and that they both are kind of like oh hang on wait and luke's like i didn't meet annabeth she's like my little sister pour one out for annabeth little sister's own yeah he's 19 she's 12 like she never could be anything but his little sister like yeah the the crush on the older cute guy is whatever like that's normal i mean when it i happens. was 12 when i was 12 i had crushes on older people than me and that's fine but if if he was going to reciprocate those feelings it would be fucked up and calling the police yeah exactly especially because no never mind um we're not getting into this <laughs> we're not getting into this um so in the stall next to them the man like screams in terror and the car like peels out and i really just need to know what annabeth did to this guy um because i know it was not grover that didn't no oh hell no annabeth put the fear of god into this man good for her good for her yes for sure and so luke asked percy if he's been wearing the shoes and percy lies and it's like yeah they've really come in handy because he doesn't want to say he gave them to grover and the call starts to evaporate, and Luke says, take care of yourself, and to tell Grover, it'll be better this time, and no one will get turned into a pine tree, which- Again. Luke is just trying to stir the stir the yeah. pot with that so, one. Remember that one time you failed horribly, Grover? You remember that? <laughs> yeah. Remember, Grover? Remember that one time? Remember you almost got this girl killed? Said she's a tree now, I guess. Yeah. She she is indeed a tree. She's still alive, though, I guess. The tree's still as, alive. As a tree, so technically, yeah. I guess she's alive. Well, but, you know, you don't want her to be a tree. You want her to be a person. Um, no, but she's not dead. Then they, like, they don't <laughs> talk about this. Percy doesn't bring it up. He's like, oh, Luke didn't say much. But Annabeth can kind of tell that he's upset. But he's like, let's go- just go get dinner. So they walk into this diner. 
and the waitress isn't going to serve them because they don't have money, but this biker shows up. And there's a lot of description here that basically just like boils down to he's a big scary dude. But the one detail that always strikes me as strange is that his motorcycle seat looks like Caucasian human skin. I'm like, oh, what do you mean? Like, what kind of serial killer shit is this? <sighs> yeah. So basically, big scary guy, lots of weapons. He walks in, everyone like stands up, and then he waves his hand and they all sit down again. And he says their food is on him. He also like threatens the waitress with a knife after he tries to give her drachmas. And Percy wants to start a fight. Annabeth tries to warn him, but the guy's like, nah, I don't mind a little attitude as long as you remember who's boss. And Percy's like, ah, you're Clarice's dad, Ares. And Ares is like, yeah, heard you broke her spear. And Percy says she was asking for it. And he says, yeah, but I don't fight my kids' fights for them. Um, Then he tells him he has a proposition for them, and he needs them to go get his shield at an abandoned water park in town where he left it after a date with his girlfriend. Percy says they aren't interested because they already have a quest, and Ares says he knows all about their quest, um, because when the boat was stolen, Zeus sent the A-team, ah! all the A-gods, Apollo, Artemis, Athena, and Ares, out looking for it, um, but they none of them found it, and he also said he told Poseidon how he thinks Hades may have stolen it to frame Poseidon to start a war, and if they do them a favor, he'll provide them a ride west, and Percy's like, no thanks, so Ares offers him information on his mom, and that gets Percy's attention. Um, Ares vanishes, and Percy's like, forget this, let's go, but Annabeth and Grover are like, no, we have to do this, and Percy's like, why, why us, and Annabeth's like, well, Ares only has strength, and even strength has to bow to wisdom sometimes. So they go to the abandoned water park. It is called Waterland. So they climb over the fence, and Annabeth starts stealing from the souvenir shop, and so they get a whole new, like, Waterland wardrobe. It's abandoned. Why is there stuff still there? I don't know. That's a great question. They would would clear that out. It's a great question. It's an excellent question, actually. (laughs) Annabeth and Percy talk about the tea that is the, like, Ares-Aphrodite relationship. Because, like, Aphrodite is Hephaestus' wife. Ooh. And Annabeth says Hephaestus, Hephaestus knows about this and one time caught them in a golden net to embarrass them. And so that's why they have to meet in Out of the Way. So I just want to expose myself here. So when I was, like, 11, reading these for the first time, I had no idea how to say Hephaestus. Like, I was like, I don't know how to pronounce that. Um, I'm not even going to try. I'm just going to let you keep saying <laughs> it. I'm going to call him Big H. And I also, like, I still don't know how to spell it. Like, every single time it appears in this Google Doc, um, it is red underlined because I did not spell it correctly. (laughs) Um, But (laughs) instead of doing, because, like, sometimes I will read something as just kind of like a, like, just gibberish, like, starts with the right letter. Yeah. Um, Did not do that here. I guess I just, like, picked another word that, like, also started with, h and ended in s and like had a p so for a long time in my head this was always hepatitis so i love that so much hepatitis i'm gonna call him that hepatitis hepatitis god of the forges (laughs) and yeah and like i i knew that wasn't right by like the end of middle school but i still had never said it like heard anyone say out say it out loud and so i was like hepatitis and so it was like it was hepatitis in my head until i was like 15 so it was until like we started learning about the gods in english class and they like listed out all the 12 and like my english teacher said it out loud for the first time and i was like that's how you say that word (laughs) thank god but yeah i think of that every time so like i cannot actually take hephaestus all that seriously because i'm like "Mm, hepatitis i also think like the myths that we're referencing here are super interesting um so 
first of all, like, Hephaestus is super interesting because there's kind of two different versions of him and, like, how he ended up, who he is and, like, with Aphrodite. And so um, in kind of one version of Hephaestus' origin story, he's born disabled and so Hera throws him off Olympus and, like, into the sea because she's, like, he's... Rude. Yeah so rude and then in the other there's some kind of like fight between zeus and hera and he like intervenes on behalf of hera and so zeus like throws him off olympus and this like ends up (laughs) throwing him off yeah this ends up like making him yeah he sustains some like injury here and like ends up disabled but like regardless he (laughs) ends up like exiled from olympus kind of doing his thing and then there's this kind of other myth that goes along with that um where he in his exile like gifts this golden throne to Hera and when she sits down on it um she can't get back up and none of the gods can like get her out and so she uh or and so Zeus like desperate to get her out is like you can have whatever you want and he is offered or requests like Aphrodite's hand in marriage. Um, there's all there's also a lot of like interesting things that come along with this. Like in some versions, he refuses to come back until like Dionysus gets him drunk and like drags him back on a mule. Um, there's also some versions where he requests to marry Athena, but Athena is a virgin goddess who's like can't. So then he's like offered Aphrodite instead. Like I don't know. Like I'm not like if they want to have an open relationship, that's great. But it it's doesn't really feel great. like Hephaestus wants to have. <laughs> an open relationship wait wait it's like those reddit posts where you see the guy who's like i want an open relationship and the wife is like no but then she reluctantly agrees and then she's the one who keeps getting all the dates and he's alone at home i love that dynamic so much so much it's my favorite thing doesn't i mean hephaestus does have kids at camp so he's at least getting some mortals um aphrodite also has kids he's sowing his wild oats if you will now how do gods give birth is it like that's a great question um the only one that we ever actually get kind of a story for is athena and that's like from annabeth oh my god was sally jackson's birth like the worst thing in the world like was it like so much worse because like Percy is a demigod. I don't have any idea. Oh my god! Wait, if you're pregnant with a demigod, can you get an abortion, or will it not work? It's an excellent question. Like, if you took Plan B, <laughs> is it just not gonna work? Well, okay, but the 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 thing with demigods is they are like doubly vulnerable. So like the godly weapons, mm-hmm. you know, don't work on mortals, yeah. and like mortal weapons don't work on like god things, but like demigods are vulnerable to both. So I would imagine that like <laughs> since those are technically I guess mortal things, like they would work. I don't know. Referring to plan B as a mortal weapon. I love it. I mean, is it not? Oh man. So good. We're talking about the important stuff. <laughs> you know, uh, I do feel for Aphrodite because she did not really have a say in this marriage. She was just kind of like offered as the prize, which sucks. And you know, love and war feels like a very iconic combination. Like they, oh, it's fair in love and war, right? So it like it, it, they just they make sense. Yeah. So they they find the ride that they're looking for, and Percy tells Grover to use the shoes to fly around. And he's a little goat boy. Wait, is he's a goat, right? he is a goat yeah he tells annabeth like come with me and she gets real embarrassed she's like me come on the tunnel of love with you what if someone saw me like girl get over yourself 
And Percy's like, okay, fine, I'll do it myself. But she follows anyway, and she's like, mm, boys always mess things up, which she's not wrong. Um, in the boat, they find the shield and also a silk scarf, which Annabeth immediately takes away from Percy and is like, stay away from the love magic. The moment Percy, like, touches the shield, he trips a wire, which then makes the Cupid statues fire their bows, which then start to make a golden net over them. And... Then they announce they'll be broadcast live to Olympus in one minute. And a bunch of metal spiders come out of the walls, which like terrifies Annabeth. So Percy oh, gets the idea. Nightmare. To use... Oh no, such a nightmare. Such a nightmare. Like I can handle a bug or a couple of bugs, but like a swarm of bugs? Absolutely not. Hell Absolutely not. No. And this is this is also kind of a fun little reference to the time that Hephaestus trapped Ares and Aphrodite in a net in the middle of one of their little meetup times and invited all the gods to like come and laugh at them these like these gods are into kinky shit as we're gonna discover for real like all the mirrors yeah what the hell is that the bondage the critters what are we doing something that we mere mortals couldn't understand you're so right we're not ready (laughs) anyway yeah, so Percy's like, we're gonna we gotta use the water to like get up under this net so that we can get out. And so it works and they end up kind of going down this ride and in the end they're gonna like smash into the gates because it's all chained up. And so Annabeth, like, once the spiders all got washed away, now apparently has enough brain power to do like physics equations in her head. Um, queen shit. And so she figures out like the optimal time to jump, but they like jump too high, and all in all, it's like a terrible disaster and Percy like turns to the Cupid statues and is like thank you good night show's over and king shit I loved that line <laughs> yeah you can you can probably tell by this summary that I like don't care about the action scenes I'm like oh some things happen they go down the slide and then they jump over the fence <laughs> um because this this actually is the first time that I have like read this scene close enough to like understand what was happening because it's always just kind of been in my head as like a yeah Percy uses the water to go down the slide action yeah so fun fun scene fun scene um I knew there were spiders I Gross. couldn't have couldn't... you did not trigger warn me about I'm the sorry spiders unbelievable no I don't like spiders sorry but Annabeth is Annabeth is real so for the weird. arachnophobia um. Yeah, so really, really, I'm just here for the relationships between characters and the way that we're all tied together and all that. Like, I can tell you in great detail about, like, Percy and Annabeth Grover and the way that their relationships change and grow, like, with each other over the course of this series. But if you asked me about, like, any battle, I would be like, um, Percy says something kind of silly goofy or, like, insults someone and then swings his sword some. Like, um, that's... That's my understanding of any action scene in this series. Um, So anyway, Percy's mad that they got tricked and says, we need to have a little talk with Ares. And that's where we end. So how you feeling, bestie? I liked that chapter a lot. It gave me some insight, which I know I have to explain. Luke, on my shit list now. I'm suspicious. He's on my terror watch list. Interesting. I think he, I now think, that he's going to be the friend that betrays Percy. Because he was so suspicious during the I aming thing. One, how does he know they're in Denver? Percy never says they're in Denver. He doesn't say that. I looked. He's not saying they're in Denver. And they buy the tickets after the whole bus fiasco. 
with the stolen dog money, the lost dog money. But Percy, Percy does say like, oh, I told Luke pretty much everything. So he well, probably... that's not written. So I'm suspicious. It's not in the combo because he's not like he details essentially the entire conversation and not once does he mention Denver. So first red flag. Second red flag. When they're talking about, oh, it must, like, Hades must have stolen it when we were all up there. I was like, oh, Luke was up there. Interesting. Interesting how Luke was also up there. And he's like, oh, I don't mean Annabeth. Annabeth wouldn't have done it. But Luke, would you have, would you have? I think he's bitter that his dad doesn't love him as much as Percy's dad loves him or something. Or not that he knew Percy when he stole it, but I think the father figure resentment gonna play a role here and what i think he sabotaged the shoes somehow i don't know but i feel like if luke is a traitor he would have sabotaged the shoes somehow because he's like are you wearing the shoes are they are the shoes cool or the shoes working out good for you so the shoes are either gonna get grover killed or something or i don't know but i'm very suspicious of luke i do not trust him this girl is the nastiest skank bitch do not trust her yes <laughs> do not trust luke terror watch list he's on it okay all right luke is on your terror watch list and i would also like to apologize to grover because i said he was the one that was going to betray percy last time i know now i now no longer believe this Sorry, Grover. You're okay in my book. You little weird goat thing. Interesting. Any anything else? I have I have chapter predictions for that. Cool. So next week, sixteen and seventeen because okay. we're only doing sixteen and seventeen. Right. Because a lot of stuff happens in sixteen, um, and I think I'm gonna have a lot to say about sixteen. I do so. have a prediction for eighteen. Oh, okay. Well, if you want to give it to us now and then revisit give it to us as if okay. you're not just talking to me give it yeah give it to me now and then you can revisit after you've read 16 and 17 okay so chapter 16 title we take a zebra to vegas um okay so but before i get there real quick i said i would really like to see aries give them one of like those motorbikes that has like a side buggy on it and that's <laughs> they have to drive that fucking thing all the way to denver and then i read this and i was like um okay read this after the uh, above prediction but i'm sticking with it it's a zebra striped motorcycle that he one of those little cubbies on the side i really want i want them to stick percy in the cubby or something i think that would be hilarious also what are they going to do in vegas uh miners i don't think miners are allowed in they they can go in they just I can't don't think go to the like there. gambling part but that's like the whole part oh i have another prediction about this one I think Vegas should be a secret second entrance to the underworld because it's like Sin City, you know? And I'm like, <gasps> you know how there's that big fucking orb now? That should be the big entrance. <laughs> that's that's the entrance to the underworld? That creepy fucking orb thing when they turn into like an eyeball or something and it looks so creepy. Agree. That's the second. Agree. They, should, they should bump that one actually up to like the Love main entrance of the underworld, that sphere. Okay, chapter 17. Chapter 17, we shop for waterbeds. Uh, feels like a Poseidon thing. Gotta be honest, waterbed. Also, how they're shopping for waterbeds, first of all. Do you know how fucking expensive a waterbed is? They don't have any money! How are they going to get a waterbed? 
I don't understand. My friend's mom had a waterbed growing up. It was the weirdest thing ever. Yeah, I, I just can't imagine that I would I would enjoy that. Like, I don't think I would like that. No, I feel like it's not enough support on your back. Yeah. Um. And then chapter 18, Annabeth does obedience school. Annabeth turns into a dog. You're, you're sticking to that prediction? Yeah, you, you may. Say, yeah, I want her to turn into a dog. Uh, if I had to guess, I'm going to go with Beagle. If I had to guess. Love. <laughs> love <laughs> from what i know about beagles i'm going beagles. okay well i i can't imagine that that prediction is going to change i think you're gonna you're gonna stick to that one i'm sticking to my guns annabeth turns <laughs> into a beagle write it down <laughs> you know you know it's not outside the realm of possibility of like things like, like people are always getting turned into stuff in greek <laughs> mythology like yeah it's not, and not it's forever a- it's just temporary something like a little snafu but she turns into a beagle. Fantastic. Well, maybe get her a little sweater, you know. Um, yeah, so we'll see you next week for 16 and 17, a grand old time. And then we've got like three more to do. I know. It's gone. I can't say it's gone fast because it's been, it's going to be eight weeks by the time we're done, but over a month. Um, yeah. Be like two months. Like we're not going to be done till the end of February. Oh, also, you have to you have to pick a politics book for me to read. Oh, I have one. I have one. I know it. Well, you do. Okay. I, I haven't read it yet, so we can kind of do it together. Book club. Hello, hello. Mal here. If you made it this far, thanks for listening. If you for some reason want more of our nonsense, you can follow us on Instagram or the social media formerly known as Twitter at at DemigodDebutPod, or you can email us at DemigodDebut at gmail.com. And by us, I do mean me, Julia is on social media lockdown until she reads the books. We'll see you next time. Bye!